Sentire Media. Ciao a tutti and welcome to Venice Talks, a podcast series about Venice in Italy. My name is Monica Cesarato and I am a Venetian food and travel blogger. I'm going to put my insider knowledge at your disposal to help you discover Venice at 360 degrees. Each week I will be chatting to the people who really matter, the Venetian. So follow me on the discovery of his artisans, writers, fashion designers, artists, glassmakers, bloggers and much, much more. Come to visit Venice the right and sustainable way. You can find me on my blog www.monicacesarato.com and also on all social media. Enjoy the episode! Welcome back to Venice Talks, episode number 47. Hi everybody and welcome back to Venice Talks. Today I have a very special guest. I'm very honored to have with me Paul Atkin from Teatro San Cassiano. Hi Paul, how are you? I'm very well. Lovely to be with you, uh, Monica. Lovely to be with you. Thank you so much. Well, first of all, as usual, let me uh, ask you to explain what is Teatro San Cassiano. Okay, Teatro San Cassiano is the world's first public opera house. Mm-hmm. So it's a theatre that in 1637 gave birth to the concept of public opera, uh, mm-hmm. which started the opera boom that spread through Venice and then spread through the world and led to such beautiful theatres today as the Met, La Fenice, the Royal Opera mm-hmm. House. I could go on and on and on. So it's the birthplace of public opera, not the birthplace of opera, but the birthplace of public opera. Public opera, opera. yeah, yeah. Uh, when it was birthplace... made available to everybody, yes. Yeah, and therefore the birthplace where we see in a public con, uh, context the stage machinery, the special effects, all come together. They all existed before, but they all come mm-hmm. together in San Cassiano. But let's clarify something for people that maybe don't know much about the history of Venice. This theatre at the moment doesn't exist anymore, right, in Venice, because it was destroyed. It, yeah, this theatre really died about 1798. This is the last opera we have. Mm-hmm. And then under Napoleon... Uh, it was demolished in uh, the order to demolish it was in 1812. So it hasn't existed since then. Okay, where about was it in Venice? It's close to the Ponte delle Tette. Ah. The the famous, um, I don't know if I can say it on the broadcast, but the... Yeah, of course you can. I don't have any kind of censorship on my podcast. Okay, well, the bridge of the tits in that case. (laughs) Um, And actually, this is like, like London. Uh, mm-hmm. You have the theatre, which, of course, is not the grand opera we see today, but it's the seedy world. Mm-hmm. You have that away from the political and religious centre. Mm-hmm. So in London, we have the Globe on mm-hmm. the South Bank, where next to the prostitution yep. and next to the prisons. And in Venice, we have uh, the first theatres uh, coming up in San Paolo and Santa Croce, away from the centre of San Marco. Mm-hmm. So, same philosophy. And, of course... It's a highly high area for prostitution. Mm-hmm. It's a seedy world that we come from. This, yeah. <laughs> so called elite form comes from a very seedy beginning. Um, I know. But also a magical beginning. Uh, what was interesting about Venice is that uh, we had a substantial number of theatres, didn't we? Mm. Yeah, uh, the, the 10 alone in the 17th century. Wow. And then the number grows, it peaks about 1720s, 1728, I think is the best season for San Cassiano. Mm hmm. And then later, after Napoleon, everything's destroyed. Yeah, of course. And nice, so, nice. Uh, we love La- Napoleon, don't we? There's <laughs> so much harm, so much harm, uh, as, so many, as dictators always do to, to yeah. the arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so how did you come up with this idea? Because you are one, you, you are the founder of of, uh, of this project, and uh, how many years has has it been that you've been working on this? Well, I I, I I'm in, to explain who I am. I'm mm -hmm. a musicologist. Okay. Um, with my my doctorate was on early opera production in the 17th century in uh -huh. uh, in Modena. Mm -hmm. And I'm also a businessman. I've been in business since I was 23. So I have about 37 years of business. And um, I say this is the first time I've been able to bring the two together mm -hmm. because musicologists don't, we don't get paid very well. <laughs> um, but business does. Um, I had the idea originally in 1997 when I was studying in Cremona. Okay. Following the footsteps, because the thing that excites me uh, is this question of time and place. Mm. So I was following the footsteps of Monteverdi in Cremona, mm -hmm. being aware that I was in exactly the same place as him, but just in a different time zone. Mm -hmm. And this is the, the, the factor that really excites me um, uh, going forward for the San Cassiano. Mm -hmm. You know, to, to, you'll be there in the theatre where these great people were making these great works of art. Anyway, 1999, I'm in the Shakespeare's Globe, the new Shakespeare's Globe. Yes, because of course, uh, the Globe had the same kind of uh, history. It was destroyed, wasn't it, as well? It it, it blew itself up. It, yeah. it fired a cannon through the roof and set yeah. fire to the theatre. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's it's the only example I know of a theatre burning down, by the way, during performance. Oh, okay. We have this myth that, that theatres are burned down. But they mostly get burned down when nobody's around, when mm -hmm. somebody needs a candle uh, burning or something similar. Because candles or, are very or, slow burners. Or, or, or arson, as in our in or the case. Or arson, as tragically <laughs> in La Fenicia. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, cr criminal uh, arson. So 1999, I was at a production of Julia Cesare, mm -hmm. or Julius Caesar, with Mark Rylance in the lead. And mm -hmm. this was an historically informed performance. We call mm -hmm. it HIP. Um, and it was in starting informs of Julia, Julia, uh, Julius Caesar. So I'm used to saying it in, in the Italian way of Julius mm -hmm. Caesar. And it occurred to me in that production as I stood there watching it that, you know, I was onto something because we really don't have this for opera. We don't yes. have the first uh, theatre. Of course. Italy, we have 3,000 theatres more or less. Mm -hmm. We don't have a single uh, fully operational theatre from the early 17th century. Oh, wow. I didn't know uh, this. We, okay. we have the famous three, the Olimpico, the um, uh, Sabinetta, the Teatro Antico di Sabinetta, and of course we have the Farnese in mm -hmm. Parma. None, of course, operate as uh, theatres today, and none of them have the fully working stage machinery of, of the time. Uh, mm -hmm. The Olimpico, of course, is a, is a fixed stage, fixed scenery. Uh, but above all, none of them have the small intimacy mm. of a Venetian theatre. Mm -hmm. Are you talking Venice, about where... so, numbers of seats as well, don't you? Because obviously... Yeah, it's, it's tiny. Uh, yeah. Opera evolved the way it did because it, it evolved in Venice. Mm -hmm. Because you're talking of very small theatres. The San Cassiano, just imagine this for your listeners... We have six rows only in the platea, in the stores. Oh, then you have this is... magical wall of 10 metres high, which is small compared to La Fenicia would be 15 metres high. But yeah, yeah, of course. When you have, when you have um, six rows of seating, then a That's wall 10 metres high, five tiers, 
153 boxes, everyone crammed next to the other because oh it's a God. commercial theatre. The acoustic. No than, the acoustic will be magical because it's oh. all of all all of wood. Of and course. Because it's essentially a Greco-Roman theatre, mm -hmm. only adjusted for Venice. Instead of having the steps going up as you would in a Greco-Roman amphitheatre, mm -hmm. you have boxes. So you have five tiers of boxes. Yeah, yeah, of course. So everybody is, you're never more than between three to 10 meters away from the singers. Wow. Is, uh, uh, what they've done like uh, in, uh, you know, I, I went to see La Scala last year and I was, uh, you know, like blown away. <laughs> but when they were telling us about the history of, uh, you know, of La Scala, they were explaining to us that uh, the boxes were um, owned by the families, the rich families, and they cooked in the boxes. <laughs> they were still like having proper meals, you know, with their servant. Is there something that would have happened in the Venetian uh, theaters as well? Absolutely. Um, not necessarily cooking, because we know that San Cassiano had a restaurant. Oh, oh, okay. We that, oh, we well, that, yeah, typical we Venetians. We were there already. <laughs> well, you were. I mean, you've got to imagine that, that Venice led the world at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the models that we talk of, you talked about the financing there of, of people buying their boxes. That, that is our funding model today for the project, how we fund this. Okay. Is is literally what you'd call today naming rights of the boxes and of the key areas of the theatre. Mm -hmm. That starts in Venice, where you would come along and when you're building the San Cassiano or the Giovanni and Paolo, someone would want to put their name against the box so that they are associated with the theatre. So you mm -hmm. buy your box. You still, once the theatre is built, you still rent and pay for your theatre. You don't own the box in a modern sense that happens in La Scala later mm -hmm. on. So, and that naming right is carried on all the way through to today where you see football teams wearing shirt, uh, shirts yeah, of with, with some sponsor on it. Well, we that, don't need to go that far. You can go no. to a church over uh, in Italy, at least, uh, over benches, <laughs> in a way, is sponsored, isn't it? It's charity, but still sponsored when you have a name of a family that... Uh, the nice way of looking at it, it, it is a way of recognizing the generosity of, of the donor. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Which has become the modern day. So... The modern day form of financing of, of, of these sort of things comes from Venice. It's a Venetian concept. Mm. So. I'm not surprised because we we are we were the first on so many things. And if this is a way that you want to uh, kind of develop the, the project as well, when uh, eventually will be built again. Yeah, we, we, we had a problem at the beginning. We clearly couldn't go for public funding. We started off as a foundation mm -hmm. and then we had a chat with our friends uh, in Venice and we realized that we couldn't compete for public funding because that would take away from the theaters that exist today mm -hmm. and we are very much trying to add to what they offer not to harm them mm -hmm. so we will bring new clients because there isn't a, a regular baroque opera public that comes to Venice mm -hmm. and they are our guys are quite passionate people and so when they're in Venice they will want to do tours they will want to do uh go to the La Fenice or to the Godoni, um, mm -hmm. uh, to the museums. So we will bring, we will help contribute just a small, our small contribution to making Venice a a place that looks to its future, mm. uh, builds on its future, a sustainable future, which I know is dear to you as it is to me, mm -hmm. by building on our um, cultural heritage. Mm -hmm. 
not selling out our cultural heritage but building on it um, mm -hmm. and celebrating this point that yeah you know, the san cassiano is not only the first opera in the world uh, the opera theater in the world but also that such a place no longer exists mm -hmm. so you you can you and i just think of this for a second i'm sure you're a big fan of monteverdi and vivaldi and mm -hmm. cavalli and i could go on but you and I have never seen or heard an opera by any of these people. In fact, any composer throughout the whole of the 17th century and the first 60 years of the 18th century, we've never seen or heard one of their operas exactly as they would have done. Mm, that's true. We've never heard it correct. We've never heard Monteverdi correctly. Of course, of course. It's, it's hor horrific when you think of it in those terms. Um, and then you think of the magic. You know, why was opera so successful? Well, the stage machine was so magnificent, so exciting. It was the, you know, we, we opened the, the first libretto. The, the, it says that the, you know, the, the, the curtain is pulled back and the stage is entirely a scene of sea. Wow. When we started that project, we didn't know how they achieved that because the sea in any later theatre is always at the back of the stage. Uh-huh. Now with our research, we know the mechanisms that turned the entire stage 90 degrees to reveal a sea. Right. And and so the magic of the special effects, uh -huh. we haven't seen these for years, but now we know how to do them because of our research. So it's interesting because this project is not just about rebuilding a building, it's about rebuilding a whole concept of doing opera. Am I right? Absolutely. And it's about recovering. You know, we, we look around when, when we're in, in Venice, we look around at the, the glorious um, assets we see on, on, on the Canal Grande, these beautiful buildings. This is also about recovering Italy's great lost intangible assets. Mm -hmm. Take the Marciano as one example, just one library, 300 manuscripts left untouched, wow. 10,000 libretti. 10,000 libretti. They haven't one. even been read yet, probably. Well, they, they, they've been read, but a long while ago. Yeah, now, left there. Take wow. something like L'Andromeda, the first opera from 1637. We don't have the music anymore. Okay. We have the libretto. Uh -huh. So we have three options. We have four options. One, we just lose this acid and never look at it again, which is a disaster. Uh -huh. Then we come to what we can do. Well, it's drama per musica, so it's drama through music. Uh -huh. so we can stage the play just on the libretto with no music because it's a drama. Two, we have the ability nowadays to recreate the music in an historically informed way. So we can rewrite the music historically and perform the opera as we can best reimagine it, is the, is the right term. Or three, we ask a more modern contemporary composer to approach mm -hmm. it as a new piece of music today. Mm -hmm. From those three options, we get a chance to look at a, a manuscript that sits in the library untouched at the moment and is the most important opera in our history because it was the first uh, in a public theatre. Just imagine that uh, you then take that idea. Mm -hmm. My speciality as a musicologist is in the lost composers of Italy, and we have about a hundred at least of brilliant composers that have just been forgotten through time. Mm -hmm. um, and the way I try and explain it is this. If you think of the 60s in in the pop world, mm -hmm. everybody knows the Beatles, everybody knows the Rolling Stones, and perhaps the Beach Boys. But 
and we know that through Monteverdi and Cavalli and mm -hmm. Vivaldi. But we forget all the smaller bands, all the bands we love, the Righteous Brothers or the Herman and the Hermits or the Mamas and Papas, all the small Freddie and the Dreams, all these bands that have produced one or two great hits but aren't the Beatles. Of course. And it's a wealth of joy, a wealth of wonderful music. We have that in Italy with all this left forgotten great mm -hmm. composers, the best composers of the day, the best librettos of the day. But back in the days would have been the big stars and oh, the uh, huge stars yeah 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 of course uh, i mean it's amazing because there's so much uh, i was reading through your website and i see that you also uh the scope of a, of a project as well is to involve the over venetian uh, companies so artisans crafts and so on and this is uh, i think a great great way to bring back people into the city as well because we we both know you know Venice is losing so many inhabitants and so on because it's getting harder and harder to live in Venice. And you, you do know, obviously, I, I hope so, but I'm a big supporter of the artisans of the craft. So when I was reading this, I thought, oh, that's, uh, that's something I didn't think about. Well, um, well, as you know, I'm, I've, I've been resident here now two years. Um, so, and I live in Venice. Um, mm -hmm. It's important that we set the example. From 2017, when we launched a project publicly, our goal has been about a sustainable future for Venice. Mm -hmm. And you, the problem that we should be having today, the conversation we should be having is how do we control the growth? Because this city has more assets than any I know of. Mm -hmm. Instead, we are talking about saving Venice. It's, I know. it's a tragedy that we're having that conversation. It should be how do we control the growth? Mm -hmm. To do that, of course, to, to, so we, we try and look at, building on a sustainable future for Venice, built on its cultural uh, heritage. The great thing that we've tried to do, so the great thing that's important here to make, no, not, not the great thing that I'm doing, but the, the important thing here mm -hmm. is that we're not just saying we, we're paying respect to the artisans of, of Venetian hi history. We cannot do it without them. Mm -hmm. We need them. We, 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 this is not just a, a nice catchphrase I can throw out. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canaletto learned his trade painting the, the scene sets. Um, we need to build those scene sets in the historically mm -hmm. informed way. We need to then, the, the canvas that is stretched over the scene sets has to be uh, built in a historically way. The, paint, the, the stage has to be painted historically informed way. We then have the building of the stage machinery, all of which comes from the Venetian Arsenale. Mm -hmm. Even the terms today in a modern theatre talk about the stage as if it's a ship. Yes. So you're on deck, you're on the stage, on deck, as if you'd be on deck on a ship. So those techniques that we, we can recover, and our research has enabled us to recover from the San Castiano in 1642, so we're mm -hmm. home and dry. We, we need those craftsmen to rebuild the Venetian theatre that the San Castiano was. Mm-hmm. That aside, the great thing about a theatre is that it is the heart of a, of a city mm -hmm. or of, a, of a, 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 an area. And, of course, you know that all, this, all the theatres are called after their parishes. So San Castiano, we're near the parishes mm -hmm. of the Church of San Castiano, even though it's the Chateau Tron di San Castiano. Mm -hmm. And so from the outset, we have tried to work primarily with Venetian companies. Our first port of call is to a Venetian company, 
sometimes because it's a global project, we have to go outside of course. to get the best. Of so course. Our architect, our architectural team is a mix of Venetians and also the guy who finished the uh, the Globe Theatre in London. Oh, wow. Because okay. we have to work with the best because this is of the course. San Cassiano and this is Venice and it demands the best. And John oh, wow. Greenfield is the world's best reconstruction architect. So okay. he's on our team. But then we have Roberto Pellegriti and we had Eugenio Tranquilli who are all working on our team who have spent their lives working in Venice. Mm -hmm. To date, we have worked with over 40 different Venetian companies. Wow. And we don't even have a theatre. Yes, I know. And so, have you got a location yet? Yes. Because I know in the last two or three years, uh, there were a lot of controversial. <laughs> and that's why I have to be honest. I'll be totally honest with you. I was waiting because I've been wanting to interview even for my blog before this for a long time. But I keep seeing the problem with the location. I thought, <laughs> okay, we better wait a little bit. But have we got a location now? What kind you're of. saying is what every single financial investor says. <laughs> See, I read their mind. What you're saying is what the Italian banks who we're working with have said. The Italian banks, not this is not some foreigner who doesn't understand mm -hmm. this. The Italian banks in Rome have said this. Um, it's been a, a, a great difficulty. Mm -hmm. We did try for the first three years to acquire the original site because I, I felt a duty to history to try and bring us back to the original site. Mm -hmm. That that uh, didn't happen, and we respect the owner's right not to sell. Okay. Then we agreed uh, the wonderful site of the Palazzo Donna Balbi, mm -hmm. which we then lost for technical reasons um, um, uh, on planning. Ah. We then got taken through a couple of different sites that were proposed to us mm -hmm. uh, with the famous San Isepo, uh mm -hmm system where where we were offered the site and then it was um it became too political mm -hmm. and we were then shown as uh the site of course has been abandoned since 2015 mm -hmm. and the idea was that we were saving the work of the califati and carpentieri mm -hmm. um but it became political and we were then shown as the people who were trying to destroy the very thing that we'd been asked by them to save mm -hmm. so we, we we pulled out of that and after a lot of hard work, we have now got the opportunity again to acquire the uh, Palazzo Donna Balbi. Okay. If we're successful, mm -hmm. it would be 500 meters as the crow flies wow. from the original site, which is just inside Santa Croce, non -San, not San Paolo for San Cassiano. Mm -hmm. we'd, so we'd be in the same Sestieri, 500 meters from the um, the original theatre on the Canal Grande. Fantastic um, location. Five minutes from the rail uh, railway station and um, you know, seven minutes from Piazzale Roma. But we'd be back home in Venice. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what, what we'd be able to do is... Sorry, Monica. No, 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 okay. no, 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 carry on. You finish, finish, finish. We can... The plan is this, and we, we have presented it already to the Superintendente, and I, of course, can't speak to, for him, but, mm. you know, it, the understanding we feel we have is that this is now practical and possible. And we would uh, demolish in the back of the, the palace, at the rear of the palace, mm -hmm. two um, uh, 20th century, sorry, 19th century offices, 
mm -hmm. that are already in the state of decay um, okay with the roofs being held up by posts uh, by pillars and with one of the roofs having caved in okay and we would insert the theater into that space uh and it would then marry to the back of the palazzo donabalbi mm -hmm. that we will restore in its entirety wow so this poor beautiful palace that's in a state of decay at the moment mm -hmm. we will restore all the important architectural features and we want to bring it back because you know i'm a musicologist so i care about history um we will bring it back so when people enter this area they think wow this is venice this is the yes. venice i imagined i dreamed of i knew yeah. but we'll have it you know historically informed with a, a touch of contemporary design oh of course but, i mean wow. you, you need to bring it into the 21st century a little you have bit. to go forward venice yeah. is not a museum venice yeah. is not a disney it's a, that's what i'm saying to people it's a living city i mean don't get me wrong i i'm I always say, uh, I make this example with tiramisu. Okay, for me, tiramisu, there is only one way to do it. But that doesn't mean you cannot make versions of it. Just don't call it the same thing. Simple as that. <laughs> well, hang on now. We're getting, I could talk all day long about tiramisu. I, I, I like to claim I make the third best in the world. But uh, oh, I do. I make the first one. <laughs> that's just English arrogance for you. Um, yeah. Lisa, uh, I, I, could have write, I could have written a doctorate on tiramisu. <laughs> Uh, right, you're talking to the woman that had to judge 70 of, uh, and eat them all of them, okay? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no, okay. <laughs> never again. Now, I'm very curious about something that, because it's something that always bugs me about the city, you know, uh, because it's something I, I always uh, have to bang my head against it. Uh, it was how hard was it to get the city on board? As in, not just the authorities, but also the citizens. I think at the beginning, I've watched a lot of projects. So I, so I had this idea in 1999, right? Mm -hmm. And I then carried on my work and study. I realized I missed two things. I'm, I'm answering your question in a long way. I miss, I didn't have the funding to back it myself because I mm -hmm. knew that no one would do it at the beginning for the reasons you just said earlier. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I hadn't finished my doctorate, so I wasn't an expert on theatres and I needed, to, I needed to be an expert on, on the theatres mm -hmm. so I could rebuild it. Of course, of course. In that time, as we're developing the idea, I'm, I'm visiting Venice an awful lot. And I've, I watched other projects coming to Venice. And what I felt they always did, which was wrong, was that they came from above and just plonked an idea, to use a good old English word, plonked um, the idea on top of Venice without working with Venetians. Wow, you are so in line with the way I think. Okay, I can't believe you actually said exactly what we think many times of what's happening with people coming to Venice. It's exactly what? our Venetian thing, exactly. And, and we got that wrong with San Isepo because mm. we, we were asked by the people the, to, 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 to acquire the site and then we took that on rather than first consulting. Mm. Um what we have tried to do from so we, we get it wrong we don't mean to but we get it wrong it happens what yeah. the, the, the basic principle though is the reason why we work with 40 different venetian societies is that we try and be a, we're trying to make it a venetian theater mm -hmm. um, and so by coming up through the ground from underneath um working you know my graphic designs the the, the whole website is designed by someone in san paolo Mm -hmm. The website itself was designed by someone in in, uh, in Piazza di Roma. 
Mm-hmm. You know, our lawyers are San Marco, uh, our printers are in um, Canareggio. We, mm-hmm. as I say, we work with 40 different societies. So we're a Venetian project. It has to be a Venetian project. We, we have a British uh, way of doing things. That is what I like, because uh, nobody gets things done like a British, okay? Well, leave, you, you know, know what? We, we, we have a saying, my, my colleague who never gets enough credit, uh, Stefano Patuzzi, He's my director of research. He's also my uh, fellow director of the of the group. And Stefano's from Mantua, Mantua. Mm-hmm. and uh, he's um, the most important person in the project in terms of, of our research and helping me translate not the words from English to Italian, but also the logic. Mm. And he and I together have this saying that we try and bring the best of uh uh, it's Italian world and the best mm. of English of the English world and the Anglo-American world. And so we're trying to create in our team this Anglo-Italian new mm-hmm. wave where we try and encourage Italians who have left Italy to come back. Oh, nice. Um, where we try and have people who have learned these different ways we do things in England that are, mm. I think, more efficient. Absolutely. But we, we balance that with the the ingenuity, the creativity that I don't think is an equal to anywhere other than Italy. Mm, that's true. And, and I will confess one thing to you, and I don't, I'm not trying to be a sycophant. I believe that when, I mean, I'm this project is a debt I owe to Italy because I, I owe my whole, the whole joy of my life to Italy. Um, and when the Italians put their mind to something. I struggle to find a country that's more successful and better than Italy. Mm. And we only have to look through through our history, through, oh, sorry, through your history. I'm English. Um, through <laughs> well, it's nice, it's nice that you think, well, listen, I think you reached it now when you think of Italy as your own country. That's the best compliment you could well, give I, us. I, I do. I mean, I, I'm... I'm a Londoner, but I hope one day I'll be, I will I also be regarded as a Venetian if I can earn that that right. Um, but yeah, it's it, this is important. We, if you talk about Shakespeare's Globe, just a few weeks ago in England we were celebrating the 400th anniversary of Shakespeare's first folio, the first mm-hmm. book where all of his works are kept together, so we didn't lose his his great contribution to the world. And that only happened because of the rebirth of Shakespeare's Globe. It gave new life to Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, you can talk about food and you can talk about wine, and they're very good cases. But for me, opera is Italy's greatest gift to the world mm. because there is nothing like that. You can have a good glass of French wine, but you can't replace Italian opera. Mm-hmm. That's um, and and Venice contributed so much to it. It started here and it evolved the way it did because it was in this theatre. Had they been larger theatres, it would have had a different history. Absolutely. Um, And we are coming up in 2037 to our 400th anniversary. And we can't possibly go to that date without having a place to celebrate Italy's greatest gift. And Mm -hmm. if I can just add, if I'm also on, on the march, Monteverdi is our Shakespeare. Mm but he's not known around the world nowhere near sufficiently. Mm-hmm. Monteverdi, three years younger than Shakespeare, 
So it's a contemporary. They 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 lived at the same time. They would have found out at the same time from mm -hmm. Galileo Galilei, who knew Monteverdi, that the Earth was no longer the center of the universe, that that the Sun was, and the whole world changes. And we hear that and see that in Shakespeare, mm -hmm. and we hear that and we see that in Monteverdi. Mm -hmm. So they're grasping with the same. These are the two greats of their of their time, but who's the more famous? It's, it's Shakespeare. Mm -mm -mm. Now, I I don't deny Shakespeare because I'm a, a huge fan, but Monteverdi should be our Shakespeare. We should mm. be having him celebrated. Yeah, it's I think is a, a trait of Venetian. You know, we have a saying in uh, you know, uh, non siamo profeti in patria. We're never we're never prophets in our own <laughs> in our own uh, country. <laughs> you know, as we say in Italian. But uh, we have got terrible thing as Italians. We never recognize uh, really, uh, you know, the great people that we had. We 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 love to put uh, you know to idolize people from other country but when it comes down to our own people we always pull them down and Veni venetians are particular on this as a venetian i can say that okay <laughs> we're very critical of our own people listen how hard was it to get the actually the city as the authorities on board on this oh it's been very hard the project has been very very hard because people as you know in venice mm. are skeptical mm. have doubts yeah, I, I was with a, a friend the other day I'd met, just uh, newly met, and we spoke for ages about the project. And at the end of the evening, she just leaned over and said to me, but what's your real motivation? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so, so she's Venetian, is she? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. so Venetian. Yes, and, absolutely. And... That's why they ask me all the time, but why are you doing things for free? And I go like, well, because in life, sometimes you have to do things for free. Yeah, but you don't have any gains on it. And I got like, no, uh, yes, uh, so Venetian. Well, but you have to remember we're merchants, are we? But we are, and that's why I think there's a, a common um, bond between Londoners and Venetians. Mm. We are both merchants, mm -hmm. both uh, living off the sea. Yes. Uh, with, the, with the Thames and, uh, and the lagoon um, and both trading. You know, the, we both had our riches because we were a port which goods came mm -hmm. into and then went out of. Mm -hmm. And so we, we share that. Um, yeah, it, it's, yeah, I've, this is a commercial private theatre exactly as the the, the Teatro Tron was, the San Cassiano was. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we hope to to make a profit. Well, you'll eventually but, have to, to pay for all But <laughs> at the so. moment, I'm, I'm the, the, the one person who's put all the money into it simply because it's just wrong that this doesn't exist so we don't hide it we we try one day to get my money back and we try and we try and to use the english phrase we try and wash our face we try and make it sustainable mm -hmm. but you know if i wanted to make money i would stay doing what i was doing in england uh yeah the, <laughs> there's no comparison mm -hmm. uh, this is not easy this is tough and we we take a lot of risk to make it happen of course of course but so we now hmm. are there we have now made it happen we now have the chance we have to go through the process you know the process in italy <laughs> There will be an Asta to acquire mm -hmm. the site, but we are in negotiations to how we present that. And uh -huh. what, what's you know, the timing, more or less, when we, well, we know now, something more definitely? We, 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 after the holidays, we will start oh. the, uh, to, to put a friendly pressure on the Comune to say, okay, let's bring this to the Asta. Let's, okay. um, let's allow us to tell our finances that this is actually happening. Okay. Because 
as I, as we touched on earlier, mm-hmm. until it's happening, people aren't quite willing to to trust that it will happen. Mm-hmm. Which is the sole reason I financed it myself, by the way, because I knew this would be the but yeah, business since I was twenty uh, three. Some projects you have to take a long way yourself mm. before you can then share them out to to get finance. So mm-hmm. you can get finance from the beginning. This is a tough one because no one believes it's going to happen. Until I don't know. I think maybe well, years no, sorry, ago. Sorry, no one believed it was going to happen. Exactly. Thank, because, thank you for uh, correcting me. Thank you for yeah, correcting me. Yeah. Because until I think now things are looking more real, I think, you know. Venetians, well, you have to understand this, Paul, as well. As Venetians, they see so many things starting and then literally disappearing within months, within years. But that's why I think Venetians are very spe- skeptical because they've seen so many I've projects. Seen it all, right? Yeah. I've but uh, yours, uh, you know, uh, you know, we've been following each other on Twitter for a while and stuff. And I can see steadily, steadily things are getting. Uh, more real you know so i i, I you know I'll, i'd love to interview in a year time to see how things are going actually um so where can people find you on uh, on social medias well we're um it's uh, i'm not an expert on social media but <laughs> um my guys tell me it's it's at teatro san cassiano for for facebook and linkedin and um uh instagram uh-huh. And Twitter. I think one okay. of them is Teatro S. Cassiano. I, can't, okay. I, I don't remember. Our website, of course, is uh, www.teatrosancassiano.it. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Fucking it. Because... Italian world, sorry. No, I just love it because you do what exactly I do. I, for me, it's very hard to speak Italian when I do these interviews. <laughs> so I'm you do it very. Now you do it in reverse. <laughs> I'm terrible. I. I, I, I I, I try and speak in Italian in every meeting because, again, it's your project, it's mm-hmm. your language. And so, you know, I, I try. But what I didn't count on when I started was the fact that you guys insist on using a lot of Venetian uh, in, in any meeting. Uh, you know, it's it's not just Italian. Yes. Hard enough. Yes. So, I'm so sorry about this. It, oh, I it's, just... it's beautiful. As, a, as a musicologist and a, therefore you know, interested in the sound of, of things, it's beautiful. Oh, Venetian is beautiful. I think Venetian, not because I'm Venetian. And by the way, it depends also which Venetian you're talking about, because are you talking Venetian from Venice, Venice? Are you talking from Mestre? Are you talking from the countryside? Because yeah. yesterday I was in Venice and it was so funny. It was, uh, I was with some friends and we are from the countryside. Well, Mestre, Oriago and so on. And there were some Venetians there. It says, oh, look, the people from the terra firma here. <laughs> they... Cotas only. Oh, yeah. From a couple yeah. of words we said, it was so funny. But one last question I got for you since you live in Venice. How hard was it to actually move and live into Venice? In which sense? How hard? Well, how it's a not an easy city to live in. Coming from, I mean, I lived you in think? London. I, li- well, I lived in London myself for many years. Uh, it was uh, a bit of a sh- culture shock for me to come back home. So I'm asking you how, okay, so if it wasn't I, I hard. Found it, I found it incredibly easy. Oh, okay. All right. Because Go. to me, it's like living in the center of London. Okay. Where I can walk to the Royal Opera House, uh, Covent Garden and walk home. So uh-huh. I, yeah, I, I love going to La Fenice. It's, it's a wonderful theater. 
I I can walk there and back. I don't have mm. to worry about my car anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a car anymore. I sold it. Um, yeah. I live in the center of a, of a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I found it very easy. The the thing I find hard is I'm I I have a a wonderful rented apartment and wonderful uh, wonderful hosts who, who who are my my landlords and as it were, but not having my home anymore. I found mm. that hard. Okay. And, the reason I don't have my home is that I wanted to confirm the site so that once I knew where the site was, I would yes. then buy my my flat or whatever close by because I want to be part of the community because the one thing we haven't touched on is why are we celebrating the San Cassiano other than it's an opera house. It's the mm. first public opera house. And of course, today, you and I and everyone around is so used to buying a ticket for anything mm-hmm. so that we can't celebrate anymore because that's no but that started in in san cassiano mm-hmm. so we have to reimagine today this idea of public opera and our our idea is 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 especially with the outreach program projects making the theater that it's open all the time so that we could have a chat in, in the theater's cafe Mm-hmm. without any effort you just walk in as you would in any other cafe mm-hmm. um th- we have projects for the young people to to take a scene for a, an opera that's coming you know six months before that we take the scene into the schools mm-hmm. uh, there's a technique where you have a singer surrounded by about six children so you each of the the actors carry six children with them which helps them through the singing mm-hmm. and then you restage that in the theater Mm-hmm. with their parents and their grandparents and their sisters and brothers watching them. So it becomes a theatre that they belong in, that they feel mm-hmm. it's their theatre. Mm-hmm. And so these sort of projects where we make it, and you, you apply that again to building the stage, so people are interested in woodwork or craftsmanship mm-hmm. or the costumes or the design or the stage painting. We can apply that. It's not just about the performance of music. It's about the whole of the artisan skills. Yeah, across- yeah. And we bring Venice into that theatre as if it's a Venetian theatre and, and part of their world. And I want to live in that community. I don't mm. want to be 40 minutes away having to walk. Of course, having to so, commute with, with buses that are not there. So that's the only thing I find difficult is not having my own my own mm-hmm. home. It's entirely my own. But as I say, I'm very lucky. I have fantastic um, landlords. I got to say, I'm just so looking forward now for this for this theater to actually happen because uh, you know you you you're you're talking my language here yeah. uh, because it's been it's been years that I've been saying we need to to reinvest in the city, but in in a you know in a real way. Now there's so much talk about sustainability at the moment in Venice, but really when it comes down to actually doing something. I don't know. I see a lot of talk, but still not much. Uh, and, you know, it's project like yours that finally, finally can make it happen because, uh, you know, as you're saying, is uh, just the fact that you just told me, you know, to have a children with a family, it means that then you will need to have these children in the city with the family. That it means that people need to come back and live in Venice. And it's, it's one way also to repopulate in the city. You know, we so. will offer 200 new jobs with the theatre. Yeah. some direct and some indirect some part-time some full-time and i think it would be nice once we start moving to the next phase to start working on some sort of incentive scheme where people live in venice yes. where we can help 
with the with the accommodation in some yeah. way some yeah. agreement with the commune that we yeah we have to repopulate we can't decline absolutely like no mm-hmm. he, he can't i think he's is best the first thing the city should you know uh, the mayor should address but let's not go there because otherwise they're gonna bomb my my podcast <laughs> I, I, keep out, I keep out of politics for a very good reason I'm, i i have no right to have a exactly comment. no no yeah. wish wish I, i mean i do talk i speak my mind but uh you know no, no when in this occasion paul it was so nice talking to you thank you so much uh, because i know you're a very busy person and uh, you know i i really appreciate and i definitely want to speak to you in a year time to see how things are going and hopefully you give me um you know how you say po- la posa della prima pietra <laughs> day speriamo, speriamo. That, would, that would be beautiful wouldn't it i hope you get a chance to meet in person before and then perhaps even share uh, oh, of something definitely 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 thank you so much for talking to us and merry christmas by the way since merry uh, christmas to you and to all your listeners if it goes out before then but perhaps it doesn't Oh, yeah, no, no, he will do. Definitely, definitely going out before Christmas. So don't worry about it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you again to Paul for the lovely chat. You can find Paul and all his team at Teatro San Cassiano on all social medias and on our website www.teatrosancassiano.it. And I wish you all a Merry Christmas. Thank you again for listening. If you want to book a food tour or a cooking experience with me, you can find me on my blog www.monicacesarato.com or at cookingvenice.com and also on all social medias with the handle at Monica Cesarato and at cookingvenice. Feel free to leave a comment or write to info at monicacesarato.com for more information about the people featured in the podcast or Venice. Bye-bye! Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.